a dating and makeover expert where I will help you build confidence, make connections, and find love from the outside in. Have you ever heard the term emotional responsibility? I love this. It actually it includes being accountable for not only your actions and behaviors, but also your thoughts and your feelings, which is really important, especially as I've been working with so many clients who tend not to be, you know, when it comes to relationships and potential partners, it can play out in a lot of different ways. And I do a lot of work with emotional intelligence, but I have an expert coming on here who really focuses in on the responsibility of it. And I think this is going to be such a juicy conversation. And, you know, you might place responsibility on your emotions on others, or you might feel responsible for how others feel. Simply, this means you are redirecting the focus somewhere else instead of putting it on yourself. You're not being responsible, right? Like for your own emotions. And so this way, if someone around you does not feel good, you feel responsible and you try to do something to make that person feel better as if you had a formula to solve the suffering of others. Like this never works. And although we think we're giving an opinion on something or something else or someone else, we're actually projecting. We're projecting on and attributing to others the responsibility of how we actually feel. And what I see a lot is the side where clients often take the bulk of responsibility of the emotional labor in relationships and potential, you know, date partners, and they try to mute their own emotions so that they don't weigh down the other person. And, you know, this is where a lot of people get in trouble, where they attract those lopsided relationships because they're not expressing how they feel. And, you know, it can also be the holding of an emotional load in a relationship and serving as sort of like a therapist to partner then really just, you know, kind of unloading how it really makes you feel, whatever the situation is. So what happens with that is that you start feeling resentful and frustrated because you're not expressing how you feel. You're harboring it. You feel taken advantage of. You feel like your partner doesn't care as much as they should. And in the end, you're feeling emotionally exhausted, right? And when you harbor emotions or blame others, you not only attract lopsided relationships, but you end up feeling in a state of being misunderstood. I see this happen all the time. I remember I was working with a client who constantly did this with men, and a lot of it had to do with her upbringing. And instead of saying how she felt when men would like treat her badly, she would harbor it. But then she would like kind of displace it out onto her friendships and other people in her life. And then she would build that resentment. So it would like leak in other areas of her life. And she did a lot of predicting and she did a lot of assuming. And if you don't know what that means, it's like she would say to other people, oh, well, you must be angry. So you should dot, 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 dot. And it would actually anger people because people are like, I'm not angry. I'm not, you know. So it's also like what happens is you label other emotions with that. 
And so because of this, she was attracting lopsided relationships and men who were takers. And then I worked with her a lot. I worked with her like owning and identifying and stating her needs through a lot of the EQ coaching that I did. And it was hard for her to even identify feelings that she felt like she was being selfish because she was so used to just either really displacing it onto others and, or just focusing on them. So she wasn't even focused on herself. And in the end, after she really started doing this stuff, it was amazing to see the difference. And she started attracting more even kinds of relationships and just, you know, people respected her more for it. So with me today is a dear friend, a very dear friend who I haven't like talked to forever. And we just like swapped podcasts and she's going to help me talk about this whole notion of emotional responsibility, which I just love. She is an empowerment strategist and the host of several, more than anyone I know. She has the most podcasts out there, including the People's Choice Awards nominee Spirit, Purpose, and Energy. She's the director of Invisible Fitness, a best-selling author of Fitness to Love, How to Get Physically, Emotionally, Spiritually Fit to Attract Love in Your Life, and the Invisible Fitness Formula, Five Secrets to Release Weight and End Body Shame. Named the best personal trainer in Los Angeles back in 2008. Oh my God, 2007. Wow. By Elite Traveler Magazine, JJ. You'll hear. I, I just disclosed her name. JJ has been featured on many national magazines, including Shape, Fitness, Women's Health, as well as she appeared on NBC, CBS, Fox, and the CW and the Charisma Quotient now, JJ Flizades. Hi. Hi. I'm glad to be back. I forget what number of podcasts I did on this show, but it's been a couple of years. It's crazy. No, because we were just talking about this off air that you were literally one of my first episodes when I started back in, I think it was like 2017. And I just want to give you credit that, and we were talking about this on your show, that you really inspired me to start my podcast. It was really kind of like your show and Jordan Harbinger, like people who really started podcasts back in the day and just like, you're, you're just such a pro. So I'm so excited that you came back on and I forgot that we met in improv class. <laughs> I know we had to discuss that on my show. I'm like, where did yeah. we meet? Cause I have a really good memory. And I was, I'm yeah. going back through the database of like, networking. I'm like, no. And then the red, then the pink pants came to mind and I'm like, oh, we met at an improv class. So yeah, probably in 20, it was before the podcast. So it was probably either 2014 or 2013 that you and I met. Wow. And here we are. And now you're dressed in pretty yellow and I still have pink pants by the way, as I was telling you, but I think they're different ones. Um, well, gosh, and your career has also done some twists and turns, you know, and you, you're just a plethora of information. And I love what you're doing right now. So, I mean, I'd just love for you to share what you are doing and sure. around this whole notion of emotional responsibility and, and how you really kind of started focusing on that. Well, I've always been focusing on emotions. That's like yeah. when we look at what I'm doing right now, I'm really like this next book that I'm working on is my life's work. Like what I'm doing right now is my life's work. It's just getting here wasn't the clearest path. And even though, and it combines all the things that, I, that I've done from acting and studying human behavior in that way by putting on a different set of circumstances and seeing how I might feel or react or think or habitualize body motions by being a different character in an acting situation, then moving into the personal training space, learning science, understanding that I actually have a really smart left brain, which I didn't know when I was an actress because I just thought I was a right brain individual who was a, a feeler and a dancer and a singer. 
So moving into that gave me confidence to really activate parts of my left brain in the in the personal training world. But the difference with me and everybody else in the personal training, well, not everybody else, I don't know everybody else, but let's just say the difference between me and the majority of what you see out there is that it wasn't about how you looked. It was about why you like why you want to either look better, look different, or why you want to care for yourself. Because for me, it was always a long-term strategy. So in like, you know, knowing that what I do now affects me 10, 15, 20 years from now, you can see, you can look out and see the people that don't take care of their bodies for many, many years and how they struggle later in life because they haven't kept up with keeping their bodies. But in that came pain, came frustration, even came motivation. And I would always ask the questions, why are you doing this? What's the motivation underneath this? Why don't you love yourself enough to, to take better care of yourself? Why don't you commit to these things? Why do you yo-yo diet? Why do you have back pain? And all of those questions always got me a little bit deeper in the emotional space. And again, also add on to this that I've been studying astrology for a long time also. So many, many years in astrology and me just being inquisitive and curious and asking questions. Why does that person act the way that, that way? Why do I feel the way I feel? Why did I think that? Why did I do that? And, and putting that on others also. So it came time when, and through my own experience and my own trying to save my marriage, I don't know if you know that. I mean, I started fit to love to save my marriage. Oh no, you didn't know that. Yeah, no, I started my podcast to save my marriage. And what I mean by that, and give myself a platform because I had all these ideas. I was, I was using law of attraction I was getting results. I was all the things I was learning and doing, I'd bring to my clients, but they weren't interested in that because they didn't hire me for that. They hired me for exercise and fitness and, and nutrition. And I'd come in and say, Great. And like the reason why you <laughs> go off and overeat or overdrink or don't work out for whatever, you go on these binges is because it's not, it's not because you don't know what to eat. This is an emotional and mental issue. This is an this is deeper. And I'd always want to go there and I'd try to go there and I would, but ultimately I was not out of my league, but I was talking to the wrong people. So with law of attraction and spirituality, I put myself out into the podcast because I needed an outlet. I was never going to be the person that blogged. Oh my gosh. Blogging is like, because I think too fast. I can't type to the speed my brain thinks. And this is way more fun. So when I learned about podcasting, I created the podcast seven, six days a week. I covered all the topics, nutrition, alternative medicine, hormones, spirituality, relationships, the whole thing. And you came on to the sexy Saturday days uh, with your two episodes when I first launched in 2014. And I created the fit that one of the days, my Freedom Friday day was my guilty pleasure day. I gave myself a platform and invited people on that could speak to things I wanted my partner to learn that I knew he wasn't going to hear from me. So uh, so not only were the things I wanted to say that I knew might be heard differently, if not directly at him, <laughs> but to other people, and then bringing on other guests that could talk about and agree with certain things that I was saying, because I knew that I wasn't translating it and I'm not the person, right? You shouldn't be your partner's therapist or coach. So I knew he wasn't going to hear it from me. So I started a show. I also started a show to learn more tools and skills and what I could do to save my marriage. So that one day of the week, the spirit, the... Freedom Friday Day, which was my astrology, intuition, um, all the things, spirituality, law of attraction. I decided to piecemeal my podcast into different days of the week, like into different shows, because my intuition said they can't find you. This whole brand is fit to love. All right, well, but I do a lot of real specific things, and they can't find the functional medicine 
biomechanics expert, paleo gluten and dairy-free cooking, alternative medicine, law of attraction. It's too much to stick under one brand. So after a year and a half, 18, 18 months and 350 episodes, I said, I'm going to do five different shows or six different shows. And I'm going to take this content. I'm just going to put a brand on it that's more in alignment with what's being talked about on that day. So I launched Spirit, Purpose, and Energy. I believe it was at the end of October of 2016. And within two months, I had people who, and because I could put a lot of episodes out at one time because I had the content, I was repurposing my content. And that's why I have so many shows uh, because it's, it's the packaging. It's not that the content changes, it's the package. So I put it out there and all of a sudden people were like, oh my God, this content is changing my life. I'm manifesting mm-hmm. things and I'm getting bombarded with feedback that I didn't get before. And I thought, oh, okay, well, this is these people that want to talk to me about this stuff. So all of a sudden I, I kind of claimed that space. And it, ever since it's kind of been developing and, and moving into and letting go of continuing to integrate it because I can't get rid of, nor do I want to, all of the health and wellness piece. But it's an extension of that. In fact, as far as I'm concerned, it's the most important piece. But they all go together and they're all necessary, which is why if anyone is watching this video can see behind me my mind, body, soul, um, whatever that thing's called. Uh, anyway, in the middle, right, it's like where it all converges. Like you are not one thing. You can't compartmentalize all these different things. They're all connected and we have to represent them. So fast you know, story, let's fast forward a little bit. And I'm now more and more, I'm coaching people. I'm, and I've been coaching people, but I'm coaching them only with emotional stuff. Mm -hmm. I'm using tools I've used on me and I'm getting the feedback. People have been in therapy five years, never felt good after two sessions, whole life changes. Um, after three years of therapy, six years of therapy, three months of therapy. These are the comments I'm getting still to date all the time. My last one from a course I taught 25 years of therapy. A therapist I'm working with has 20 years of therapy. She's in the mental health field and no one could break her of this patterning. Mm. So I'm getting that kind of feedback all the time. And so I finally have claimed it. And uh, Dr. Nisha Winters, who wrote the book, The Metabolic Approach to Cancer, has come on my show several times. We made a connection. She has something called the Terrain 10. There's 10 parts of what you look at when you're diagnosed with cancer in that way. She's a, a naturopathic oncologist. And so we're looking at cancer. And the last one is a mental emotional piece. And she trains doctors. She's she, a lot of doctors come to her to learn her methods to help patients. And I said to her, hold on, what are you teaching them to do about emotions? That's, are you teaching your doctors to do something about emotions? And she's like, no, I don't, I really can't because there's so much other things. And I'm like, mm-hmm. okay, that's me, 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 me. <laughs> so, so that I inserted myself into that. She interviewed me for all of her doctors. And now I'm sort of the referral source for the coaching, coaching cancer patients on their emotional root causes of their cancers and how to process emotions. And here we are. So this is how I've kind of gotten here. And it really is you know, while there are a lot of different modalities for helping people to feel better in different ways, and they're all valid and they all hit you at the right time because it's your journey and you have to decide what's right for you on your journey and what you're ready to hear and receive. Mm -hmm. What I've said recently is that, you know, we still have that 12% of your conscious mind that you can see healers, you can do tapping, you can do Reiki, you can do traditional therapy, whatever. But if we don't change that 12% of your conscious brain and how you interpret things, you know, I, I was hearing how you were your, your intro to this podcast today and, and, you know, a couple of sayings, if you will, that I want everyone to remember. Number one, the only reason you want what you want 
is you think you'll feel better when you have it. Oh yeah. That's, that's an, that's an Abraham quote, mm-hmm. but it's literally like, if you take someone who's single and says, well, I just want a relationship. So I can dealt with this yesterday with a client. She really, she feels lonely. She wants to be in a relationship. And I said, you are romanticizing all of your friends' relationships. I said, how many of them are, are focused on what they're missing because they're, they're married and have a child. Now they can't travel. They can't follow a career or passion. They can't, and they, right. So just because you have somebody does not mean it's a good relationship or that's going to last. So again, remember that you're thinking, oh, I'm going to feel better. But the, the trick is you have to feel better now in order to manifest it in the first place. And second, you don't really even need it because you understand that you're just looking for good feelings. We can create those right now. And then the next quote that I'll say to you is that the only reason why you ever have, this is a really important one. The only reason why you ever have negative emotion ever is because you have a need that is not being met or the perception of a need not being met. Well, right there, that's where we start. Just figure out what the need that's not being met is and get the need met. And everyone's off the hook. We're going to blame anybody for anything. We can't make anybody responsible for how we interpret the world. So here's the, here's the, here's where we are. This is what I'm doing now, Kim. Is that all? (laughs) Oh my God. There's so much there. It's, and it's awesome. And I mean, I'm so with you, you know, the, the whole notion of um, this, uh, the emotions is crucial to any kind of work, whether it's your health, relationships, money, like it's all intertwined. And um. That last quote that you said about figuring out, you know, kind of what you're trying to get away from, it, it's so simple yet so complex at the same time because I, and I see this playing out, you know, and you might know this, there's a, a term called the familiarity principle that goes on in the brain is that we all default back to what we know. Good, bad, or indifferent, right? And so even if it's pain, we'll still replicate finding that toxic relationship because, oh, that's familiar. I know this. But unless you have tools like what you're teaching to break it, people will continue to attract the same thing over and over again, trying to get a different result. And we all know that that's the definition of insanity, right? So here we are. I love this conversation. Um, What would you say the common like kind of sticking points that you see with emotions when you're working with people? The misinformation that it's other people's job to make you feel good. Uh, explain. I mean, I know what you're saying, but yeah. Well, that's, it's, that's you hurt my feelings. Okay. Yeah. No one can really hurt your feelings <laughs> because that's not how feelings get created. So let's just go over the anatomy of emotion very quickly. So uh, first, you have to have either a thought or an observation. It doesn't have to be conscious. It can be subconscious. It can be a frequency that you're in alignment with that, that triggers something in your subconscious. But it first starts in the place of this whether again, conscious or unconscious, a thought or an observation. I mean, you could have a smell and it reminds you of a memory, right? And maybe, and you're not trying to think of it. It just sort of happens. Now from that, whatever that is, observation, thought, memory, you have an interpretation. It means something. And it doesn't mean the same thing to everybody. And there are many factors that influence how you interpret that. From that interpretation, whether it's pleasant or unpleasant, wanted or unwanted, threatening or not threatening, That's where your feelings come from. Your emotions come out of your interpretation of this thought or observation or memory. 
Now you can put on the other end of that if the need is a yearning for something you think you're not going to have, we can jump in the brain. But what happens very quickly is it's about your interpretation that creates the feeling in the first place. I am sure every single person listening can relate to a situation that you have been in where you experienced or saw something or witnessed something and had your very specific emotional reaction to it. And the other people around you did not react the same way. Same way. Yeah. Right. Well, why is that? Because everyone interprets things differently based, based on, on their many, experiences. Right. Yeah. And based on many, many, many factors. Mm-hmm. So when we walk around believing that other people can make you feel bad or good, we have given our power away. It's the definition of la- of disempowerment, which sets you up to be a victim all the time, which also is under the belief system that other people have to act and behave in certain ways to please you. When you start out with that as your basis, you will lose all the time. There is no one else on the planet. It is your job to do the inside work. You are the creator of your own reality because you're the only one that can interpret your reality. You're the only one that can feel about your reality and you're the only one that can that has the self-talk about what you're interpreting. So that hurt my feelings stuff is a trigger for me when I hear that because it's it's the first indicator that you're a victim. You're in victim mentality and you'll not, that's the whole point. You'll, you'll never yeah. lose as if you're a victim. Yeah, yeah. That's awesome. You know, I so many people... Um, that I work with. And when we talk about feelings, I mean, let's just even back up from there where where you're starting is that they're not even aware what feeling it is. Like, are there any tips and tricks around that? They're not aware of how they got there. That's why, again, if it's something you're conscious of and you've you've witnessed something and you can say, I'm upset because I just saw this and it means this for me and this is, and this is how I feel about it. Right. When it's a memory, when it's in, uh, when it's a smell and it's subconscious and they get triggered, it's almost as if the emotions were floating around in the air and they don't know what's happening. And the next thing you know, they're upset and they don't know why. And then, so they, they go, they deduce, well, it must be your fault because I wasn't upset before and now I'm upset, but that's not how emotions happen. It's right. not, it's not smoke. You don't catch it or smell it because it's secondhand smoke. Now, frequency, you can definitely get into a frequency, but again, you're still the interpreter of all of this stuff. So how do we back up? I have a really great uh, tool that I use for people. Oh, great. And it's, um, it, it's based on the work from Dr. Marshall Rosenberg and nonviolent communication. And it's the feelings and needs list. So it's, it's a three-part, it's three steps to what I call effective communication. Mm-hmm. And I teach this in the certification. I taught this in my roadmap to emotional healing. I teach this to every single client. I teach this every event because this is the bottom line. And if you can't do this, like this alone is transformational if you practice it and embody it. You don't need anything else. Literally, if you can, if you can master this. However, like you said earlier, Kimmy, it's easy. It's simple, but it's not easy. Right. <laughs> All right. Because it changes your way of thinking, but it brings forward in your brain. It asks the question of becoming more conscious about your thinking, about your interpretation, about these very quick neurological patterns that you have from past experiences that you don't second that you don't question. You just think are reality and truth, which they're not. They're just one way that you have reacted to something that now has a neurological pattern in your body that feels normal, feels right, feels you know familiar. And you're used to running this circuit and you've never considered that there's maybe 10 other possible circuits you could run that feel very different than the one that you've been focused on. So the three steps, 
And again, you can download this. I have, you can, as I talk about it, you can, I definitely recommend, this is the feelings and needs list. I recommend everyone download this and print 20 copies, put it in your car, put it in your office, put it in uh, on your refrigerator, put it in your bedroom, put it in your bathroom, put it everywhere you are. So when you get triggered mm -hmm. and you have a negative feeling, rather than going into the same circuitry, the pattern response that comes from your core wound of whatever this is surrounding, that you can stop for a second. And I'm not about not emoting. Please let out your emotions. Do not stuff your emotions. But once you've been done crying, screaming, getting upset, whatever, in a healthy way, you need to look at what feel, what need is not being met. Because like I said earlier, the only reason you ever feel negative emotion is because you have a need that's not being met or more likely a perception of a need not being met. All right, so if I, because you're never going to do this if you feel good, like I'm feeling great, everything's great. I'm never going to look at this to try to analyze why I feel good. So in the case of, okay, step one would be to start to hone in on how you feel. Mm -hmm. So I'll give you an example of, I have like some regular examples that I use, but there was a time where when I started sort of a law of attraction mastermind years ago, and I had brought different people in from different you know walks of life, so to speak, in different businesses, some were business owners, some weren't, whatever, but we were all wanting to use the law of attraction to grow ourselves, whether it be make more money, find a relationship, get pregnant, um, you know, find our career path, whatever. And and the group was growing and it would we people were getting results and stuff. But then we kind of got after about a year, we got to a point where it was like, okay, let's up level and, and start to do things differently. So I really wanted to bring in a little more left brain approach to business and whiteboard it and do like a whiteboarding session. And I had a couple that was in there and the husband was very like, oh yeah, that sounds great. Let's do that. It was a half day event instead of a two hour, you know, get together for dinner kind of thing. And, and I, I said, let's, let's move into like this next level. Let's do this. And the husband's like, oh yeah, sounds great. And the wife was like, I don't, I don't know if that's like, if that's such a good use of our time. And I was <laughs> like, what? Now, let me tell you back then it was free. So this was not a paid, okay. The wow. only thing that would have cost them was time. So I was thinking to myself, what is wrong with you? And I came home and I, because again, I was not triggered like I was crying or anything, but I was bothered enough that I was like, okay, I picked up my sheet and I said, okay, what is going on? Now, my last partner who did not like them, wanted to blame them. Oh, I don't like them. She's this. Blah, blah, blah. And I said, it's not about them. So here's another thing to think about when you're triggered. It's not about them. It's never about the other person. It's always yes. about you. And when they're triggered, it's not about you. It's always about them. them. Okay. So I went to the sheet and I thought, all right. And I went through the list because there's a hundred different feeling words on this list. Isn't that crazy how many feelings there are? I know I do work similar. There's an app that I have people do around the same thing. And I'm, I, I'm still learning some of these words. It's like amazing. Well, it's most no people wonder. probably have like five, right? Like if you yeah. have some, like happy, sad, yeah. mad, angry, right. depressed. I don't know. Like, right. you know. Well, depressed really isn't a feeling. Sad's the feeling, but yes. depressed would be a diagnosis, if you will. So of course I go to the feelings and my, my word that I'm using is rejected. Mm -hmm. Rejected is not a feeling. Right. Rejected is an interpretation. Yeah. So you got to look under the hood of your, I felt rejected. First of all, feel rejected is not a feeling. And that's a thought, not a feeling. Yeah. So, and an interpretation, you've gone too far. You've already jumped to what the actual feeling is. So I, so I went underneath the hood because I knew rejected wasn't a feeling, not to mention it's not on a list. So I thought, all right, I am, I'm frustrated, I'm angry, and I'm sad. All right, so step one is to identify the feelings. And if you can bring it down to two or three, that's best. 
All right. So what I say, frustrated, angry, and sad. Next, again, like I said, the only reason why you have a negative emotion is because of a need not being met or a perception of a need not being met. So I said, what's the need that's not being met? And literally without the sheet, Kim, I didn't know. Uh, I don't, I don't know. So there are 86 basic human needs on this list. That's 86 fantastic. needs. Now, the majority of people, when they hear this go needs, I'm not needy. I don't want to be needy. No, no, no. You need air. You need hydration. You need movement. You need fun. Like these are ne- human needs, mm-hmm. not a judgment of whether you're dependent or not or strong or anything like that. So I went through the list and I, I literally read it to myself and waited to see what resonated. So I go down the list of meaning. I'm like, <gasps> contribution. This is prior to the podcast. I was like, contribution. Yes, I have a need for contribution. I want to give back. I want to help other people not do what I did. But I didn't have the podcast at the time. So when I got this, I was like, oh my God, this is what this is about for me. Okay, so that's step two. Identify the need that's not being met. Step three, this is the kicker. Create strategies, more than one, to get the need met that don't require anyone else to be different. So when you say, I need him to do blah, blah, blah. I need her to do blah, blah. I need them to do that. I need the world to do this. I need, okay, Matt, you're just giving your power away. That's You have more power than you even know you have because you've just given it away to somebody else to make you happy or to get your need met. When all of these needs are, when you know how to get your own needs met, that's what empowerment is. Oh, I can get my need met. It doesn't mean people aren't involved. It just means you're not dependent on one person changing a behavior to, to you know, to what's the, when you get fanned with grapes and, you know, like to, um, anyway, there's a, there's like fluff your pillows or, you know what I mean? Like that, that's not, we can't, that's again, that's first of all, it's not realistic. There are not enough ways in which you could tell other people to be different. Imagine that. Imagine Kimmy, I tell you, can you please do that differently to please me? Oh, there's this person. Can you do this differently to please me? And you tell someone else to do that. Like, first of all, we can't keep up with it. We can't remember what everybody asked of us. It's not your job. All right. So we have to go within. So when I looked at what are the strategies I can take to get my need met that don't require anyone else to be different. So when I realized, oh, and that was again, prior to podcast, I'm like, oh, I can start a nonprofit. I could find, it's like, I think, you know, Chelly Campbell. So in Chelly's, and maybe don't, Chelly Campbell was one of my past financial teachers. And she would always tell a story of, of selling and trying to sell a lawnmower to someone who didn't have a lawn. Yeah, yeah. That's what I was doing. They don't want what you have. So find someone that does because there are people out there looking for what you have. Why are you trying to sell to someone who doesn't want it? They don't, they can't use it. They don't want it. Mm -hmm. So that took the pressure off of me right there to try to convince these two people to take what I had to offer. And all of a sudden I got really excited about creating a nonprofit. (laughs) I was like, oh my God, this is going to be so fun. There are people out there who I can help that want the help. So not only did I solve my feeling rejected, interpreting rejection, I catapulted to another level and a bigger purpose. So when we break this down, and again, that's a that's not as deep of a trigger, let's say, as some people who may have safety, they need safety because they have abuse in their past or to be seen and heard because they feel insignificant, you know, but it's literally using these tools to uncover what your real need is, which might take you digging a couple of layers underneath what you think it is on the surface. I love that. And I love how like it it is empowering knowing that you have responsibility in these emotions because you're right. Like 
most people deflect it and they put it at, on something else. But a lot of times it's just like not being aware of anything else. They don't even know how they feel. They don't know like the strategies. And I would say on top of it, maybe this is part of the strategies, how to communicate it, you know, because you could have the strategy, but then you're not knowing how to convey it. And the words that you use and the choices that you have around that is also really powerful. It was funny because in, in my retreat um, this past weekend, Spark Your Sexy, it, there, was, there was a lot of emotions flying all over the place. And we started talking about flirting and femininity and feelings around that. And, you know, on the surface, people will just be like, oh, I don't know how to flirt. You know, like it's really easy and fun and games to talk about like, you know, twirling your hair and making eye contact and googly eyes. But what came out of it when I said, well, what stops you and what feelings come up? It was amazing to me, first of all, how much feelings were not even like addressed and they couldn't even find the words. You know, like to your point, a lot of times I think people use behaviors to label feelings, but that's really the outcome. It's not the feeling that's underneath. And like when I was digging deep, there were tears coming out of women's eyes, knowing that, wow, these feelings are actually attached to like some childhood trauma. And I'm just like, I'm guarded. I'm like, you know, with some of this stuff. So I love the sheet because it's a, it's just a really nice tool to get started and almost to take the emotion out of the emotion of it. Right. Cause if you have the, the tool in front of you, you can like look at it logically. How do you download it again? Did you share how people can find no, it? No, jjfilzames.com forward slash feelings list. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Everybody pick that up because that that's a fantastic way to start. So, okay. So now we, we did this like kind of three-step process. Um, what do you see in ways of then how people really like put it into practice and overcome some things? Because I know, I mean, you see it in all different kinds of ways, like health, but I, I was wondering also about like relationships and dating. Have you seen? Oh my like, gosh. Are you kidding me? I have, I'm dealing with so many people like mid, like almost going to get divorced right now. Totally like uh, all about the communication piece, creating compassion and understanding and how many times women especially want to blame their partners for not giving them what they want, yet their women never asked for what they wanted. They didn't communicate yeah. it clearly. They don't even know what they want. And the point to this communication and being able to identify and bring a level of consciousness to your emotions means that you can be more communicative about asking for them. Because if you don't, you will manipulate others to give you what you want because subconsciously you still, your body still knows you want this, whatever this is. And if you don't bring it consciously to the front of your brain and take responsibility for it, you'll ruin relationships in the process without even knowing it because you're still going to try to get it. But the way you're going to go about it is going to be manipulation, not because you're, you want to be, just it's your default. This is about taking responsibility for identifying I mean, I am sure you can think about somebody in your life, like a parent, a grandparent, an aunt, mm -hmm. an uncle, an older person. I'm only, it, it happens with everybody. But there are times where, oh, women, like crying. Yeah. So there are some women who will cry because they know they get some, their, their husbands or partners are so uncomfortable that they will, what, they will do whatever they want just to stop the crying because it, it triggers the, the, the husband or the guy because they're so uncomfortable being around that kind of feeling that they'll give them what they want. So now they've learned behavior like a child. If I cry, I get what I want. 
and then a man doesn't feel free. So then he reverts. That's why he goes away. Right. So there's all those, but if we get to, what is it? My real, if I can just communicate what I need and get my need met either myself or through somebody else, I can stop putting so much pressure on other people who end up resenting me or have this miscommunication. So it's, to me, it's critical to dial back into, and it's a lot less in relationship when we, when we come at it from, I need you to, anytime you use the word you, you're going to get a defensive person Ugh. on the other end of it, whether they know it or not, because they're being attacked and they feel yes. defensive because it's not true. So it empowers you to speak from a place of, I, I, I need, <laughs> right. I, these are my, my, I feel this, my needs are this. And I would like blah, blah, blah. Or would you be willing to participate and help me? I think I just said this to Doug the other day. I don't even know why. I think I said, well, you don't have to go <laughs> going dancing. We've been going salsa dancing now that we found a place up here. And I said, uh, you know, I'd like to go dancing on Saturday. And he was so tired from being back east and he wasn't getting good sleep. And he's like, oh God, that feels so heavy. I said, you don't have to go. I need to go dancing. If you would like to go, that is great, but you do not have to go with me. I said, take that pressure off right now. I'm not forcing you. So, but again, and that's a small little thing because there's no, no problem there. But I, this, this will be like learning a new language. But what it is, is the language that's already happening. You just don't know how to communicate it well. Right. Yes. Yes. It's so true. And I want to highlight too, that this isn't just in the stages of being in a relationship, but even just those crucial beginning moments when you meet someone, I've seen so many dates fall apart simply because of what you're saying. You know, there was a woman that I was working with and she had this wonderful date with this guy and they spent the whole weekend together. And then afterwards he was pretty much breadcrumbing her, you know, like hardly giving her attention. And she's like, oh, he's that guy again. You know, I'm like, well, she had a really hard time expressing herself, her needs, setting boundaries. Like this, this was her journey. So I was giving her the script of how to like talk to him to clarify. I said, well, you can assume that you can maybe predict that you can tell a story in your head about it, but you really don't know that 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 is what's happening here. So I said, just ask and let them know how you feel simple. And she's like, oh, well, I never do that. I said, exactly. What if you did? (laughs) And so we did the, I feel message. We were identifying feelings because she was going at it with the you message. Well, you didn't call me and you did it. And I thought, this isn't like, you're going to push them away first of all, and you're going to make yourself be true that you're already like causing that self-sabotage. So let's pull back and talk about what's coming up for you. What feeling are you having? And we had to do a lot. Like you said, it was a language. We had to go through a list of things. She finally came up and she finally got him on the phone. And literally she just voxed me not to like, it was like yesterday. And she's like, Oh my God, he finally called. She's like, I did it. I did it, Kimmy. And it had nothing to do with him not like liking her. He thought, she didn't have time for him. And so he was pulling back because of her behavior. You know, this happens all the time. And I think if we all just got used to having more responsibility with our emotions and being able to convey and communicate how much different like relationships will end up in the end. So I love this. Right. It's, it's, it's transformative. And it also, if we take it you know, with a couple of clients this week who are literally like their marriages are, and I said, wow. seek to under, seek to understand, seek to understand. Do not come at the, you did this. And I feel this yet seek to understand, 
say, when this happened, I'm interpreting this. Is that correct? Why, why did you, did you do this thing? Okay. What were, what would you, what did you want to get out of this thing? Like, so that way you can actually hear, because again, all this assuming all these interpretations are coming out of your past and they aren't about what's actually happening in the present. And if you don't have any tools to even just sit in your own languaging of what it is you need, you're going to act out. You're going to find ways to manipulate and you're not even conscious of it. And we could clean up a lot of this if you just bring consciousness to your own needs and feelings. And then you don't feel so dependent either. You don't feel so dependent on one person to do one thing for you because when you realize it's a need that you can get yourself, you don't need them anymore. And not that you don't want them. It's a different position. You feel empowered. And that is, to me, confidence is knowing that I can get my own needs met at any time. And if I need help with that, like like connection, intimacy, uh, community, I can ask for it. I can say, who's interested? Who would like to do this with me? And I'm not trying to force my family to be my community. Uh, Oh, I love that. What you just said. Yes. That is, that is so empowering. Well, I guess my, I mean, I could go on and on with you. (laughs) This is like, we're talking each other's language. What happens or what, do you have any like tools around people who are still in that state of like blame and they really can't see the responsibility or get out of that victim mentality? Are, Are there some like first steps that you take with people like that? So back to that Nisha conversation, Dr. Nisha, yeah. and, and, and I was getting all these cancer patients. And if they were someone who really listened to her and all of the time she was on my show and they had a little bit of, and, and also depending on where the cancer was, um, would determine and their desire to live, uh, I would have a different conversation with them than other people who were just checking me off the box. Like, yeah, I'm going to go down this emotional road and I'm going to see what's happened. And I would notice where, you know, for me and my coaches, I wanted to streamline if, you know, for me, I don't know, I'm guessing for you, the best clients and the best people who work with me and the best outcomes for them are the people that already know, like, and trust me. So you listen to my show, you've seen me speak somewhere. That's usually the best, a recommendation or referral from someone. And you don't know me. You don't know why you need to trust me. You don't, I haven't proven myself to you yet. So I've created a course because I needed to pre-qualify all these cancer referrals coming in so that I didn't waste my time. My coaches didn't waste their time. And we could say, are you really ready to do the work? And I also want to be able to package what I'm doing with my individual clients, what I'm doing with my trainers and say, here, you want to take the deep dive on your own. I will give you the tools and you run with it and you can do your own work. And that follows a very specific. So I I like to say that I do emotions like doctors. I do a prescription, like a diagnosis and a prescription. And the (laughs) diagnosis is looking at your core wounds. Because I'm sure, as you know, everything is literally coming from your core wounds. It's the foundation of how you act and believe in every choice you've ever made, really, about your friends, your job. Everything is about what you didn't get and how you keep trying to get what you didn't get. But unlike therapy, which will take you through you know, years and years and years, potentially, of talking about all of that stuff, I have an, like an exercise that takes about an hour. And within that exercise, you can click, quickly get to your core wounds and then start to build what I call the roadmap to emotional healing. So um, you can learn more about that. I have another free resource. It's called Three Reasons Why Talk Therapy is Ineffective. And that's jjflazames.com forward slash therapy. But it just gives you a different mindset and structure. So it's not, it's not like there's all this information. God, it's so confusing. Okay, it's more simple than that. We can streamline it to know what your core wounds are. From there, when you start to look at why you inter- why you react, the way you react in certain situations, because this is the belief I have that's instilled in me. And then now I know I have a tool to get my needs met. 
Now I can rise above that and figure out how to get my needs met. So it's really taking these, these very specific tools and streamlining it into communication, into getting your own needs met. So that's kind of how I handle emotions, honestly, because at, at the end of the day, it's really all about those, I'm not good enough. I'm not smart enough. I was ignored. I feel rejected by my parents. I, all the things, if you don't know what your top three core wounds are and how you emotionally react and then the actions you take, we can't break that pattern until you know that pattern. Yeah, yes. Yes. And I love that you have these different levels where people can start at. So, I mean, it's, it's crucial because everyone is different in their awareness of development. JJ, oh my God, I love you so much. Where, where can everybody find you? Of course. Say well, again. Uh, well, I have podcasts again, type my name into the browser of your podcast, JJ Flizanes, F-L-I-Z-A-N-E-S and about 17 podcasts will come up. No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> is that all? But it's and definitely over books? 10. It's definitely how over 10. How many books too? Three. Like, Three. No, I have three books. I'm working on the fourth one um, because my life's work, but just judgeflazanes.com. Again, please, if this resonates with you at all, go to the podcast. If you're interested in learning um, a little bit more of what I just spoke about, you can go to judgeflazanes.com forward slash therapy. It's a free 90 minute class that kind of goes, walks through everything I just said. We go over the feelings and needs list again, Mm -hmm. and you can get that for free too. Uh, but then that way you sort of have an idea of a structure because this whole emotional game for most people, they hate that word because it's so loaded. Uh, right. And so you look at, oh man, like emotions, it just feels so heavy. It feels so complicated. It feels so, do I got to go back and talk about my family again? Do I have to go relive that? Nope, you don't, but you do need to at least outline things. So yeah. we have a template, we have a diagnosis so that we can, you can make a treatment plan that fits exactly what you need to help get over some of these core wounds. Love it. Love it. Love it. Everybody make sure you grab that. JJ, thank you so much. I'm sure we'll, I, let's not wait another like four years to do this again. <laughs> Agreed. Agreed. <laughs> so thanks for joining me today. This has been the Charisma Quotient. I'm your host, of course, Kimmy Seltzer. And remember, you can build confidence, make connections, and find love from the outside in. And make sure you go to my site, as always, KimmySeltzer.com to see more ways I can help you have your own success story. And if you were motivated, just like Peter was when he first started, to learn how to date and find your sexy confidence, then I have something coming up for you that you will totally want to hop on board with. I've taken my most successful strategies from decades of coaching high-achieving men and women and have broken them down into a quick, value-packed two-hour co-ed workshop called Stop Hating Dating, because so many of you are saying, I hate dating. I just want to skip it all and get to the boyfriend or girlfriend. And if that is you, I want to teach you how to date and and have fun so that you get to have that partnership that you really want. This will be a mix of strategy, fun, and practice, because that's how I roll, with both men and women in the virtual room. This is for you if you're an action taker who is ready to fast track your dating life, flirting, and of course, more fun. But you might be at a complete loss when it comes to dating in 2022, especially if you're doing this later in life. So if you want to join us, hit the link you see in the show notes, grab your seat now as spaces will be limited. And I hope to see you there live and in action. And remember, working on you is working on your dating life. That's all for now. Mm 